Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke. You're listening to Jay Scott on the Hook Rock. Take care. Everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of The Hook Rocks. I'm your host, Jay Scott. Hope you're doing well out there. Hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, staying cool because the temperature is rising all over the place. Summer is upon us. I think Sunday is the first official day. Sunday or maybe it's Tuesday, the 22nd. I get my days confused. But nonetheless, it feels like summer and the kids are out of school. Everybody's having a good time. Barbecues are going on across the country, a lot different than it was last year. So hopefully everyone's enjoying the return to somewhat normalcy. I'd like to remind everybody, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, the network of music podcasts. You can check out my podcast, all new episodes and old episodes, along with Carmen Apice and Vinny Apice have their own show on our network, as well as Mistress Carrie out in Boston, Shout Out Loudcast, the Great Kiss Podcast, and Martin Popoff, the rock historian among many others you can check out. Follow us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us wherever you podcast and write us a review. Tell us what you think of the show. We greatly appreciate it. From time to time, I have a guest on the podcast that brings me back to my childhood, brings me back to the reason I started my journey into rock and roll and loving rock music. And one of those bands was Def Leppard. And I am honored to welcome in drummer Rick Allen. What's going on, Rick? How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, thanks for the introduction, man. That was very nice. 
Well, I, I appreciate you doing this, man. This is, uh, this is, you know, I got to pinch myself because I went from nine years old watching you guys on MTV to posters on my wall to here I am talking to you. So this is a great feeling. That's cool. And that's, that's nice. That's nice to fulfill your dreams, right? Eh? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we always start the same way every time we, we have a new first time guest on the podcast. And that is the essence of the show. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in. Every rock band has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Oh man, that's a, that's a good one. My my father was a huge uh, music fan, so you know he started me out listening to Glenn Miller and you know uh, music that you would never really think, you know, oh you know that's where Rick Allen came from. That's why he became a rock drummer. It was actually really diverse. And it wasn't until my brother started bringing Deep Purple records home from uh, school. He's like four and a half years older than me. So, you know, he, he started listening to stuff like that and then got me into it. And I, I think it had to have been Deep Purple that kind of put me on the, the, the rock and roll tra- trajectory, as it were. And then... Interestingly enough, and I've told this story many times, but I, I, I've never told it in context. Um, um, 1978, um, my friend called me up and uh, he said, I want you to listen to this record. So I went around to his house and uh, he played me the Van Halen record, the first Van Halen record for the first time. And I was completely blown away. And you can see where I'm going with this. Uh, One of the pieces that I I painted recently was Eddie Van Halen. So um, fast forward a couple of months, they were coming through town with um, uh, Black Sabbath. And quite honestly, Van Halen owned that show. Um, It was was spectacular. And then um, in 91, I settled in California and uh, my neighbor was Steve Lukather with uh, Toto. And uh, we got to know each other pretty good. And he called me one night and he said, oh, you know, I'd, lo- I'd love for you to come down. We're going to have a get together, you know, meet us at this restaurant. Da, 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 da. And I'd love to introduce you to my friend, Eddie Van Halen. So I went and obviously I was kind of starstruck. Um, very unassuming. Uh, I-, I would never have guessed that he did what he did. Uh, for a living. Um, but, you know, I think we can all agree Van Halen set the bar pretty high. And, and that was that was also uh, an inspiration that, that, that carried me a long way. Um, and of course, you know, being a kid growing up listening to, uh, to Van Halen, that, that was, uh, it was pretty special, you know, that I, I, I actually got to meet him. What was that experience like meeting him? You mentioned he was unassuming, but this is one of your childhood heroes. Like you said, he set the bar high for everyone that came after him. What, what was that like for you? Well, I think I think um, just just to just to meet him, having you know having gone back all those years, and you know, I I never thought I never thought I was gonna I was gonna do anything with uh, with music. You know, I. Uh, you know, I just I played music because I loved it, um, not not necessarily because I was looking for any kind of uh, uh, success in terms of commercial success. Um, but I think it's pretty special that uh, not only did I end up fulfilling my dreams, 
Um, but, you know, all those years later, getting to meet um, Eddie Van Halen, I think was pretty, pretty special. It's amazing how you yourself are in a band, Def Leppard, that's toured the world, had platinum albums, triple platinum, quadruple platinum, whatever. And you're still you still get excited when you meet someone like Eddie Van Halen. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, all throughout my 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 career, whether that's been Mick Jagger or Elton John or, you know, uh, Ian Hunter, Brian May. I mean, all these people, you know, they're they're they're, they're all really supportive of what we do. So, you know, it, it's uh, I, I just find it fantastic that, you know, that people can be so uh, supportive and, and, and they're all music fans. As you moved forward in your rock and roll journey, starting with Deep Purple, then with Van Halen and other bands as well, when was the moment that you wanted to get up on stage and be in a band and perform? Well, I actually started that pretty early. Um, my, my my friend, my best friend, John, he he got a guitar for Christmas. So the first thing I did was I went home and I, I, I you know, I asked my parents if I could have a drum kit. And of course they said no, because we, we couldn't afford it. Uh, but then they kind of rethought and they said, well, you know, if you can do jobs around the house or you can, you know, help out in the neighborhood and, and be, make yourself useful, maybe we could get you a drum kit on layaway. But the only thing you have to do is you have to go for lessons uh, because, you know, we don't want you to just lose interest and then not want to play the drum kit anymore. So that's exactly what I did. And uh, <laughs> I ended up, End up going for lessons with this guy, Kenny Slade, who uh, he, he played uh, local guy. He played with, um, um, what's his name? Um, uh, Joe Cocker. So, uh, so I was in good company and he was a great teacher and he really helped me, you know, get to that place where I felt confident, where I really did want to get on stage. So myself and my friend, John, we ended up forming a band. I think we formed a three-piece, and then we started doing local gigs. I think the first gig we played was in my mom and dad's front room at home. <laughs> and the rest, as they say, is history. That's great. Who, who are some of your big influences on drums? I mean, you know, the, the, the obvious, uh, you know, John Bonham, um, you know, um, I, I really like Simon Kirk. Uh, with uh, with free and uh, bad company, um, Roger Taylor. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Billy Cobham. That was back in kind of my jazz rock sort of days uh, when I fancied myself as a jazz drummer. Um, but uh, uh, Ian Pace with the Deep Purple, of course. Um, I mean, you know, the, the list goes on. It's uh, Ginger Baker. Um, he, he, he was a big influence and, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Stuart Copeland. I mean, there's, there's tons of them. There's some great players out there that were really influential. You mentioned the pain of Eddie Van Halen. And one of the subjects that I wanted to talk with you about is your artistic side in terms of the art form of painting and, and being an artist in that aspect. 
Um, it's very important for you to remain creative. And obviously you have the creative outlet with, with being in a band like Def Leppard, but you also have your personal need too to do things for yourself and also to, you know, have that outlet, especially the last two years with the pandemic when Def Leppard, who's used to touring every summer, every spring in the summer, is kind of stagnant right now, not doing much. So how important is it for you to have that outlet, to have that release, such as your art? Um, it, I find it very therapeutic. And, uh, you know, I, I, got, I got a wee bit depressed, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, not because I was going, I, you know, not because of not going out on the road. It was, it was, it was more, you know, I didn't know when this was going to, when it was going to end. Um, and I, I think I think it got it got just daunting, you know, the the the, the idea that, that, that this this kind of could be it. Um, but um, my wife my wife came up with this great idea for a big love benefit concerts, which was actually inspired by a, a song that she wrote called Big Love. And um, you know, I went and called uh, some of my best friends. Um, I called, uh, um, let's see, I called um, Matt Sorum. Um, I called uh, um, Miles Kennedy. Um, let's see, Billy Idol. Um, I mean, all these people that just came out of the woodwork and they just wanted to be involved because they all saw how how this ripple effect was going out into the music industry and it was literally destroying people's lives. Um, and then when we heard about the the mental health component, uh, we put this virtual concert together and uh, we ended up raising money for industry uh, professionals and giving all the money to uh, Sweet Relief. So that kept us busy for a while. And it was cool because it, it gave me another focus. It, 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 meant, it meant that instead of wallowing in my own, you know, um, sort of doubts about what what the future would would hold. Um, I was able to be part of the solution, you know. Yeah, it's it's really important. I know we've done episodes. We did an episode of the podcast last year. I want to say May or June about the study with Princeton University and Mira, and uh, back in 2018 about mental health issues in the music community. Um, and I know that's something that you're doing this Saturday is PTSD awareness. Um, and you're doing a zoom call or zoom meeting or zoom presentation on that very subject. Cause it's really important. And it was probably, you know, just exacerbated with, with the pandemic in that, you know, people that were struggling with mental health issues and mental health issues lead to addictions in a lot of cases that, you know, the last year and a half has been very difficult for people, not just, you know, obviously in the music community, but people all over. Well, I mean, in, in particular, you know, some of the, some of the uh, wounded warriors that, that we, we work with, they were having a really hard time uh, because, you know, we would always, always, we would always preach, you know, using technology or pick up the phone or, you know, don't isolate and, and it was difficult to continue along that path when the only thing we were allowed to do was isolate. Um, so we found we found that to be particularly challenging. 
and 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 I I hope to be able to shed some light on on some of those uh, some of those uh, subject matters. You know, when when we do the uh, the Zoom call. So um, yeah, I'm 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 excited to be doing that. I think uh, I think it's important that uh, that people know that. You know, there are people like us out there that, that that really care about people's well-being, you know? Yes, yes. How how did you get involved in this? Like where, I mean, I know you talked about, you know, calling your friends for, you know, having them be a part of this. But, you know, where did that, the inspiration for you come from? I think um, the fact that I, I experienced uh, extreme uh, trauma myself, and I ended up, you know, sort of being one of those people that suffer with PTSD. Um, so, you know, I think, I think the fact that, um, that I got involved with our wounded warriors and I saw some similarities in terms of um, triggers and some of the more negative aspects of PTSD and I think that was a huge uh, inspiration to get involved. And then the other thing was, um, you know, I met with my wife back in 2000, and uh, she was a teacher at Boulder College of Massage, and she was involved in the healing arts. And and then, you know, myself being part of, you know, um, you know, trauma, going through trauma. And I think for the two of us to bring that together and, and create Raven Drum Foundation and then move on to, um, you know, Project Resiliency, I, I, think, I think that has just become a part of my life. And I, you know, I love being of service and I, I love the fact that I can inspire others to be better, you know. Um, so it, it's been very rewarding. It's a very important subject, especially... It's an important subject all the time, but especially over the last couple of years, because we've all seen videos of people not handling stress very well during this time, whether it's in a store, you know, people get their cell phone, you know, cameras out and they're filming people having these breakdowns. And it's pretty easy to say, oh, that person's crazy or that person's, you know, not right. But let's face it, you know, this is a unique time and the human brain is not built for situations like this, to have normalcy taken away, um, to have the lack of touch and the lack of feel for people. And, you know, for people to just accept it is is a very difficult task and not everyone can. And there's also different levels of coping with it too, right? There's the, there's the, there's the extreme where people, you know, can't, can't put a handle on, on what they're feeling and others, you know, keep it inside of them and it just keeps building and festering. So it's a very important topic. It's a very important subject, you know, wounded warriors, especially, but also for people that have experiencing this pandemic, like we all have. Yeah. I mean, we're social beings, you know, we need that human interaction. And uh, I think, you know, we've, we've actively had to, uh, you know, search for that, seek that. And, and, you know, that friend that hasn't spoken to you in a while, they haven't called, pick up the phone and call them, find out what's going on, you know, uh, reach out to people, um, you know, and, and I'm sure we've all experienced that. Um, you know, I, 
I, for one, you know, uh, in the beginning, I isolated until until we started to work on something that it forced me to reach out to people. It forced me to uh, to come in contact with people. Uh, to actually, Tommy Shaw, he was he was the first person that said yes to the Big Love Benefit concert, and um, without question, uh, because he saw what it what was happening to uh, his own crew members. He saw what was happening to, to his own, you know, uh, family. So I, I think, I think, you know, the people, the people that I got involved with, they, they really saw uh, the serious nature of this and the, we needed to address it. So we just got involved. We just threw ourselves into it and it was the best thing we could have done because it gave us a focus well, it's also the focus, too, and it's also to help spread understanding, right? I mean, I mentioned how easy it is for someone to see someone, you know, having a breakdown and and immediately label them when we're all feeling something, you know? I mean, we all went through, I believe, a, a pandemic depression or, or, you know, had mental health issues in regards to this, you know, staying home, not, like you said, we're social beings, you know, I, I, you know, I've been going out to restaurants over the last month and it's a weird feeling. It's, and, it, and it's normal. It's like we used to do, but it still feels weird. It doesn't, it almost doesn't feel right at the same time you're trying to enjoy this stuff. So is that there's that transition of what you're trying to do and how you're trying to feel. And it's important to let people know that going to get help and getting therapy, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going to talk to somebody because, like I said, and like you've mentioned, our, our brains are not meant to handle every challenge or, or, you know, successfully get us through every challenge. We do need help when that happens. We, we, we always go to the gym to work out to get healthy physically. We should also apply that same to our minds when we need to get healthy mentally. Yeah, it's, it's not a sign of weakness. It's not a, a show of weakness. Um, asking for help is actually... Uh, that's really where the magic happens because um, more often than not, you'll, you'll find that people really do want to help and, and you end up appealing to, you know, people's, people's better side. And I, I've experienced that during this whole uh, pandemic um, where, you know, I was reluctant to call certain people to ask, you know, uh, for help or whatever. And, 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 and when I finally got around to doing that, they were more than happy to be there for me, which I, I, I feel very blessed to know people like that. How does the art help you with this and help you with your depression? Um, it takes me to the same place that music does, which is when you're in the moment. Um, I'm not thinking about what's for dinner. I'm not thinking about what I could have done better, you know, this morning or, you know, I'm just right in the moment, which totally brings me into my heart. And then I feel like when I'm in my heart and I'm not overthinking or, you know, just um, all over the place in terms of, in terms of, you know, uh, what, 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 what I'm thinking about, <coughs> I find that that's very therapeutic. And, you know, I, um, I, I know that my heart has the ability to, uh, to help heal situations that I couldn't I couldn't think myself into health you know what I mean yeah 
Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, speaking, you know, for myself, you know, I've, I've been through a divorce, you know, I've had a health issue several years ago, you know, it's a lot to take on the mind, you know, you, you need that outlet. And I always joke around, you know, on why I started this podcast, but it was a way for me to escape. And, you know, I have a, I have a teenage son who's getting older and who's getting more independent. So he doesn't rely on his father as much as he did when he was younger. So I needed to fill that gap. And there was a, a moment of depression with, you know, seeing my son get older, knowing he wants to be with his friends more as well as he should, you know, he should have that experience. But as a father, I needed someone to, I needed something to fill that void. And, you know, you latch onto something or you, you discover something that can do that. And it's, and it's a wonderful thing. You're absolutely right. And, and I, I think, I think that's, I think one of the reasons why uh, myself and my wife, we, we continue to be of service and, 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 and do things in a selfless sort of fashion where, you know, you, you, you give back or you do things that you know are going to make a difference um, and not wanting any kind of credit for it. It's just you, you do it to feed your soul, you know? Yeah. As you look forward to the future, you know, you've been doing these art shows. I think you had three in May. Um, are there right. plans to do more? Yes. Uh, I mean, you know, I've been given the time to uh, to basically do the, the Wentworth Gallery Tour, which, you know, I think now there's probably about, ooh, there's got to be about 10 or 12 uh, locations. So I, I can, I can, you know, I, I can kind of stay out for most of the year. Or what I try and do is every every five or six weeks do an art show. And then it gives me time to work on new art while I'm here at home. And then, you know, in three weeks time, I'm going to be heading out, you know, to, uh, to your neck of the woods, you know, to do another in-person show, which is, it'll only be my, you know, I did the three shows in uh, Southern Florida. Um, so these two shows, I mean, you know, it'll only be five shows, but I mean, you know, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's keeping me busy. It's keeping me focused. You know, it gives me, it gives me something to look forward to. With the tour being canceled last year and obviously canceled this year, postponed is probably a better word and looking for that outlet. um, What was the difference for you in filling that void from last year to this year? I mean, last year was unexpected this year, you know, people were kind of not sure what direction concerts and live music would go did you draw on that experience that you had last year to help you get through this year yeah for sure and um instead of uh instead of kind of you know leaving the artwork until you know the last the last month and then just try and cram in a bunch of a bunch of uh you know artwork what I've been doing is just working on something every single day. And, and again, it's, it's, it's very therapeutic, you know, being able to just lose myself in, in, in that. And, and, you know, I'm looking, I've got these sliding doors that walk, I walk through into the art room. I've got everything set up, ready to go. And I'm sitting in the music room right now. So, you know, between the drum kit and, you know, my artwork, I'm pretty much set, you know, I have no excuses. I've always, I've always got something I can be doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned being therapeutic or the art being therapeutic and, 
you know, reflection and all that's important. You guys also, Def Leppard just released a box set here last week, which is also reflecting on your past and the music that you created. Um, as you do that and you have that release, that box set, Def Leppard, what's it like for you to take a look back with the music that you've created with the band? Oh, it's so cool. You know, because you kind of forget about it because you're caught up in, you know, the touring cycle and then you spend a few months at home and then you back out again. And and this has really been one of the first times since 2010, I think I spent a summer at home. Um, you know, so this has really been the first opportunity that we, we, we've been able to go through all the inventory and, and everything, everything that we've, we've, we've sort of collected over the years whether that be music or memorabilia, and actually go through it and organize it. Um, so for us, it's really exciting to be able to present that to other people, and I'm sure they're going to love it. When you're going through these chapters of your history as a band, I mean, Jeff Leppard has always been one of the rock acts that's always evolved, even you know from the very beginning you know, of On Through the Night into High and Dry into Pyromania into Hysteria, all the way through the now. You guys have never tried to stay in that one box, which a lot of fans like to keep their favorite artists and bands in a box, right? They don't want them to venture out too far, but you guys have been fearless with doing that and always kind of testing yourselves and being creative. And I think that also spawns into your painting too, right? Being, being, having that license as an artist to do that in, in music, you know, does definitely transfer over to art, What's that like for you? What's that process like for you in doing that? Um, you know what? I figure, you know, if, if, if you don't like it, then you can always paint over it and do something different. But it's it's cool to kind of, you know, come up with an idea and just kind of run with it and and, and see how people respond. Um, and, you know, if, 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 if I love it or, you know, if, if, you know, musically, if the band loves something that we do, then the hope is that there's there's going to be other people that love it too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's it's I, I see you guys as a band that always embraced change or always embraced the evolution of your creative side. Being an artist as you are outside of the music, having that same you know fearless inspiration where you know, you mentioned if if it if it doesn't look good, just paint over it. You know. With a band, if it doesn't feel good, we'll just do something different. We'll make it, you know, we'll, we'll go into a different journey, in, in a, you know, for our band. No, it's, it's true. And then other times what happens is you come up with an idea and maybe, you know, the verse is great. Maybe the bridge is fantastic, but the chorus is crap. Um, more often than not, sometime down the road, somebody will come up with a great idea for a chorus. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got a song. Uh, but 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 sometimes that process will take a couple of years, you know, to to where you you actually come up with something. But it just kind of goes in the archives, sits there for a while, and 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 then you know uh, somebody will come up with an idea that'll go with something that's two, three, four, sometimes even longer years old, you know. You have the art shows coming up. You're doing your work with you know the PTSD. And, you know, it's PTSD Awareness Month. As far as the band goes, I mean, I know they've postponed the tour dates till next year, but is there anything coming in the near future for your fans and, and for the band? Um, 
I mean, other the new music, I, I, I know we're going to get the opportunity to, you know, um, let people listen to new music soon. But in terms of, uh, uh, I, I can't really think of anything else. Um, I mean, I'm going to be doing stuff with my wife. Um, I'm going to be playing drums with her. And then I've been, um, I've been doing this project with my friend, DJ Ravi Drums. Um, I, I've known him for about 30 years. I met him in Tampa uh, years ago. Um, anyway, when, you know, we'd, we'd always talked about going out and doing something together. Um, so just recently we actually did. And um, he's, he, he does this live DJ sort of uh, uh, show. But then what, what the two of us did, we played live drums over the top of it. And people loved it. It's kind of a mashup of um, electronic dance music meets pop uh, meets rock music. And it's super exciting. So uh, we actually got to perform a show a couple of weeks ago and we loved it. It was, it was really cool. So I'm hoping I can do more of that. Did it give you the same experience, you know, when you're on stage with Def Leppard? Um, yes and no. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's playing in front of people. It's getting out there. It's, it's doing something that we haven't experienced uh, in, in a while because of, because of COVID. So it was definitely, it was super exciting. And I saw familiar faces, which was cool. Um, you know, going out with Def Leppard is a, a, a unique experience. You know, it's, um, it, it, I can't even describe it. It's, it's, it's very special. Um, but this, but this, this was something that, that, was, that was really exciting for me. And it was cool to do something that I haven't done in a while. So uh, hopefully we can do more of it. What was the disappointment level for you, um, you know, with this tour with Motley Crue and Poison and Joan Jack being, being canceled, being postponed two years in a row? Um, I was, I was kind of, I, w- I was disappointed in, in many respects, but in, in another way, I, I was actually, I was fine with it because, you know, I, I'm like, when am I going to get this opportunity to spend this much time with my family? When am I going to get time to spend this much, uh, you know, this, this much time to, you know, um, take care of myself? Um, when am I going to get time to, you know, just do all the things that I wanted to do for myself that I could never do because I always knew that tours, tour, you know, tour time was coming around again. So I know a lot of people haven't done well with, uh, with, with, with COVID in, in terms of, you know, uh, being stuck at home, but, you know, we're a musical family. We paint together. We make, make music together. So, you know, it, it, for me, it was actually quite, it was fine. I, I, I did really well during this whole time. Well, Rick, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and conversing with you about all the things you're doing and, you know, touching on a little bit of Def Leppard, but I really admire the work you're doing with the PTSD awareness and your art. And thank you again for appearing on the show. Oh, you're very, you're very welcome. And that's very kind of you to say, thank you. Everybody, that's Rick Allen, drummer from Def Leppard. I am Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay cool, and we will talk again soon. Thank you.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.